Greatly appreciate my guests joining us last minute to tell us what happened in uh, Washington, D.C. He just got off the plane, and he joins us live now on the WMAY Morning News Feed. I'm Greg Bishop, Chris Murphy in the newsroom, and Congressman Darren LaHood joining us. Congressman, thanks for taking time this morning, last minute, to connect and give uh, Illinoisans an update of what uh, was passed in that package. $900 billion of COVID-19 stimulus, in addition to $1.4 trillion of spending This gets us past the uh, budget uh, deadline, uh, gets us funding. Is this for the whole year, or uh, I guess just uh, lay it out there for us? What do we have? Uh, what do we have that taxpayers are uh, are going to be able to uh, access uh, through the federal government? Well, Greg, thanks for having me on. Good to be with you and your listeners. Um, yes, we passed last night in the House, and then it passed in the Senate coronavirus package, and then secondly passed our our spending bill for the next year under the budget caps. First and foremost on the coronavirus, um, this is long overdue, um, and uh, I wish we had passed this during the summer. We had given this to Nancy Pelosi in the summer, and and she refused to do it, and and finally we got it done. But it was a collaboration, but it's good for our small businesses, most importantly. So if you're a restaurant, uh, if you're a, a banquet facility, a catering facility, if you're in the lodging or hospitality industry, hotel owner, uh, PPP loan is going to be a lifeline to get you through the winter. And while it's not going to make you whole, it's going to be hugely helpful to keeping those restaurants and small businesses in business. It's about $400 billion that will be uh, low interest or forgivable loans that will go to those small businesses uh, to keep them afloat uh, through the coronavirus pandemic. That's the, that's the biggest part and the one that I was um, most supportive of. Secondly, we have about $20 billion in there for the vaccine distribution to get it out across the country. Of course, we have Pfizer, we're going to have Moderna, and we'll have another Johnson & Johnson vaccine that will all be very effective, but we have to get it distributed. That's in this bill. We also give checks directly to individuals, um, $600, not the $1,200 that was before, um, but $600 for individuals uh, and $600 for children that will be direct cash payments to help people to get through the winter months. Uh, That's in this bill also. Uh, we also um, uh, we also take care of unemployment benefits for the ten roughly ten million people unemployed. Not at the six hundred dollars a week, which I did not support. Um, this is at the three hundred dollars a week, which helps people uh, again that are unemployed, but does not uh, disincentivize them to stay at home and not try to find work. So, and, but that's enhanced, right? That that's above and beyond what the the typical level is for unemployment. It's an extra three hundred on top of that. It's whatever the state of Illinois gives, um, this will be an extra $300. Now, the first CARES package, Greg, was $600. This is $300, which we think is more reasonable. Congressman, there's a lot of other elements in the bill uh, that was passed, 6,000 pages. Uh, Were you able to read it page for page? (laughs) Well, so, listen, I didn't read it page for page. However, uh, I had been following along and tracking the draft legislation and watching and monitoring those provisions that – Uh, that I just mentioned. So those were most important. One other provision that I will talk about, rural broadband. One thing we have found during this pandemic is kids that live in rural school districts don't have the connectivity. They've been uh, affected by the digital divide. Um, And so we have uh, money in there for rural broadband, for urban broadband to upgrade that, which will help our schools and also help our companies and businesses. So you're correct, Greg. It was a large bill. I wish the process didn't play out the way it did. But remember, it's Pelosi's process. She, When we were in charge, we had three days to read the bill and look at it. 
this was her bill. She she rammed it through um, at the end, and that was unfortunate. But it doesn't take away uh, the fact that her bill was originally three trillion dollars. This is about nine hundred billion. So again, uh, is is much more fiscally sound. Uh, and I think it's targeted to help those businesses that need it. Congressman uh, Darren LaHood joins us here on the WMAY Morning News Feed. You expressed concerns about the growing uh, deficit and the uh, just taxpayer spending that's uh, you know going to be sticking around for a long time. Uh, so we'll definitely have to talk more in the future about how we curb that, especially uh, uh, moving forward with the uh, the new Congress and uh, the new administration. But um, there's some things that were not included in this, uh, in the uh, stimulus package, and that includes uh, no liability protection. Uh, talk about the importance of that. Yeah, so, so two things that were not in this bill is state and local funding and liability protection. Um, I actually was supportive of both of those provisions, but there was a lot of um, controversy around them, and depending on what state you were from. Of course, I was supportive. I look at our cities and municipalities in my district, whether it's in Springfield, whether it's in Jacksonville, whether it's in Bloomington Normal. A lot of our cities are are hurting for COVID-related revenue loss because Governor Pritzker hasn't given the money to our cities and municipalities. And so I, I wanted direct funding to go to cities and municipalities under 250,000 in population. I think that would have been the way to do that. That was not included. Secondly, liability protection, so that you don't have every trial lawyer and every personal injury lawyer out there filing suit because of coronavirus. The last thing these small businesses need to worry about is that. Um, but unfortunately, we, we weren't able to get it done so uh, and get it included in the bill. So those are two things that were not in the final package. Congressman, uh, when it comes to you know the state not getting uh, what some characterize as a bailout, there's a lot of money that's going though to uh, you know uh, like you said rural broadband, a lot of money for infrastructure projects, a lot of money for Amtrak, for instance, uh, increased social services with food assistance. Uh, how can the state better utilize those federal dollars to uh, ensure that uh, services are are taken care of instead of uh, you know possibly looking at uh, you know extreme budget cuts or possibly even tax increases or ending tax loopholes. Well, uh, so the good thing in the bill is a lot of that money goes directly, it bypasses uh, the, the governor's office and goes directly to farmers, goes directly to uh, implementation of rural broadband, goes directly to individuals with checks. Um, I, one of the frustrations is the $7 billion that we gave the state of Illinois back in the spring never filtered down to the state and local level. Uh, roughly 20, 30 percent of it did, and the rest of it was kept um, up in Chicago and for other purposes, uh, you know, not not uh, down to downstate Illinois. And so um, so this money uh, we purposely targeted it so it'll go directly to folks and it will help. Uh, again, the PPP loans uh, will will go through your local lender. Uh, so if you're a restaurant or small business in Springfield, you're going to go to your local banker there. Uh, they're going to be the ones that are going to get you hooked up and get the money directly in your bank account there. So that will help again through the winter months uh, to get us uh, to the other side. And obviously the vaccine distribution and getting that out uh, is going to get us, um, you know, past this pandemic and hopefully sooner rather than later. Congressman, uh, Chris Murphy's got a question in the newsroom. And Congressman, you know, being a former prosecutor that you were your support of President Trump's uh, uh, over or uh, his effort to overturn the election was very significant. You know, what did you see as far as voter fraud that uh, uh, that uh, made you think to sign on to the legislation to do that or to sign on to the efforts to do that? Yeah, thanks, Chris. I did sign on to the amicus brief along with 125 of my colleagues. 
Uh, what I've said is the cornerstone of our democracy is the integrity of our elections. We had 75 million people across this country vote for President Trump. And uh, I wish other states run their, had run their elections like we did in Illinois, where every vote is counted uh, when polls close at 7 o'clock. But unfortunately, in Georgia, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, they didn't do it that way. So it's crazy that three and four and five weeks after the election, they're still counting ballots. Uh, and that leads to allegations of ir- ir- irregularities and fraud and other things. What I said is, let's have the Supreme Court look at this. That is the ultimate impartial, independent body to look at this. And in the end, they decided not to take the case and struck it. So to me, that brings some finality and some resolution. Uh, but we ought to demand that for this election and for future elections, because if you don't have confidence in the election, people aren't going to want to vote. Congressman, uh, finally here on that issue, some of your colleagues may object January 6th with the joint session of Congress to essentially certify the Electoral College. Where do you stand on that? Well, we'll have to wait and see what happens. We just passed the stimulus last night. Um, we may have to go back and override the, the NDAA bill next week. Um, but we'll see what happens on January 6th. But I would just say this. I am a believer in facts and evidence, uh, and I have not seen sufficient facts and evidence, and obviously the Supreme Court hadn't, to justify, um, you know, uh, the allegation of voter fraud. I'm still open on that. And the last point I'll make, Greg, is I don't think the president has been well served by his legal team. I don't think Rudy Giuliani or Sidney Powell or Lynn Wood have served the president well. I wish he would have had somebody like a Ted Olson or a Ken Starr or a Trey Gowdy representing him early on. Congressman Darren LaHood, thanks for taking extra time with us today. And be safe. We'll talk again soon, all right? Yep. Thanks, Congressman. Merry, Merry Christmas. Cri- hey, Merry Christmas to you guys, too, and your listeners. Thank you. Yep.